Hello, friend. Welcome back to Meg Living Inside Out. This is episode 23 of our series on friendship. Vulnerability. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. Proverbs 14.10 There is something about vulnerability that is inherently terrifying. Even to someone who is very open like myself, there are still topics and seasons and places where I don't feel like being vulnerable. I don't want to open myself up. I don't want to make myself accessible. And there's a place to not be vulnerable. So first of all, do not ever in any of this what we're going to talk about, do not ever, um, words are hard. Wow. We're not even a minute into the podcast. I'm already saying words are hard. This should be a good one. Um, please hear what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying, which is that there is a time and place to be private. And, um, that is a good thing. And it is wisdom to do that. And um, Matthew tells us, and this is in the context of confrontation, but Matthew tells us that there is a time to um, refrain from throwing your pearls before pigs. And so vulnerability in the wrong place and then in the wrong time can definitely get you hurt really, really badly. Um you know, something I've encouraged one of my friends on is that, um, and she has, she has more visibility than I do. And so she gets more criticism than I do. And unfortunately, the very sad truth is that you want to be sometimes my default anyways, is to be more vulnerable to people who are criticizing me so that I can provide context for where I'm coming from and all these different things. But if they're intent on criticizing me and they're a troll in bad faith, me making myself vulnerable is only going to give them more ammunition. And it's not going to stop their criticism. So um, vulnerability is a very double-edged sword and um in certain contexts it doesn't matter how vulnerable you are because whatever you do or say will be used against you and if you are in a situation like that I'm so very sorry um (laughs) because that that hurts that really really hurts and it is an innate human desire for us to know and be known. And that's why I love this verse in Proverbs 14. The heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy. There are seasons in life where I see the hand of God in this tiny, tiny detail. And there's almost no one that I could explain it to. Sometimes there's no one I could explain it to. And sometimes, sometimes, um, 
I, I have been in a situation where um, I've thought to myself, there, I have one friend who would understand this, but for me to share that with him would be too hard for him. It would be too much. And so in that instance, I was refraining from vulnerability because I realized that he had a crush on me and it was not reciprocated by me. Um, and the main reason that I knew what to do in that situation is because, um, I, I was a person of hope for him and 10 years before that, I had looked up to someone who was a person of hope for me and I was obsessed with that person. I was delusional. Um, and I, I, I don't use that word lightly, but I was very, very confused. I had spent so much time thinking about it and, um, God had to take that person away from me, um, and take that hope away from me. And he gave me that hope for a season to get me through a hard time, but then it became a crutch where I leaned on the crutch and I wanted the crutch. And God's like, no, no, you're strong enough to walk on two legs now. So that's me being vulnerable about a piece of my story that I've literally never shared before. Um, and so vulnerability, we have to be wise in when and how we are vulnerable. I got a question uh, from a friend of mine, a girlfriend, uh, who is a regular listener. And in fact, she is the one that I referenced in the initiation and reciprocation uh, episode. And so she is very much, she practices intentional empathy and what would Jesus do? Um, and I want to celebrate an area where she is strong before we get into her question and uh, talk about another area where she is weak. Um, because I feel, I feel bad putting her on the spot, but also she, God has woven her into my content in a very beautiful way. So I met this girlfriend, um, and she's going to remain anonymous because that's her style. Um, I met this girlfriend through my husband on Twitter. So he has been friends with her for years now and slowly I became friends with her and then we connected on Instagram and now I would say we're really good friends and it took, it took time. Um, just quantity and proximity and proximity is about um in real life proximity is about geographical closeness so like you're spending time in the same places you're in the same friend groups that's proximity um digitally speaking proximity is i'm looking at your stories regularly you're looking at my stories regularly tweets posts that sort of thing and we have put the time in learning the other person's story. Um, maybe their, their surface story. Um, 
And so then when we know that person's surface story, we have a a naturally strengthened level of trust to where we can go deeper. And one of the ways that God has woven her into my content is that um, I started a series for a while on Instagram called Hot Tea and Heresy. And I've given this a break, but I, I, I will not be doing this going forward. But I think it was a really fun exercise. And if anybody wants to take up the practice, you were more than welcome to it. You know, these things are not copyrighted by me. Um, and if there, if you get ideas from my Instagram that you want to use, like by all means, go for it. I am creating this, this, the content that I wish I would see in the world. And I am in a phase where I cannot continue to create that content. So it would bring me incredible joy to know that it inspires other people to make awesome, wonderful, biblical, inspiring edifying content. So Hot Tea and Heresy was basically kind of this game we played where I would find a phrase that I thought represented some bad philosophy. And I made it a very short phrase most of the time because it's easier to pick apart a short phrase than a long paragraph. And I wanted to make the exercise as simple as possible and as easy to understand. So that way, when you eventually see people doing long, like, here's this sermon from this person and this part is bad in the context of these other parts that are bad and he's twisting the Greek over there to diminish the deity of Christ and how dare he, the Lord, rebuke him. Sorry, things I actually care about. Hmm. Um... Okay, restraining my righteous anger and focusing back on the topic at hand. So hot tea and heresy, we would take a simple phrase and I would open up a text box and also open up my DMs because inevitably there would be, DMs is really the best way to do it. But, um, and so my friend would go in my DMs and go off in the very best way possible and she has a gift for analytical thinking and basically thinking very clearly about ideas and truth and breaking them down. And I cannot even tell you how many times her direct messages showed up on my stories and helped people and encouraged them and were just like so insightful. And I was talking with a mutual friend the other day, like we just can't get over how blessed we are by this friend's insightfulness. And so I want, I'm sharing this with you because I want to celebrate her strengths. She is a logic person. She's an idea person and we need those people. She is sensitive to ideas. She is not sensitive to people. And that is one of the ways that God has made her different. But God has also made her in a way to protect people in a way that is discerning. We talked about sensitivity in one of the other podcasts. If I can't smell the chicken is bad, I might eat that and get sick. But if someone else has the discerning sense of smell to know that that chicken is bad, then they can say, don't eat that, throw that in the trash. And so just because she is not naturally discerning with people, 
you know, people smart is an area where she has to grow, but logic smart is an area where she is naturally gifted. And that's something that God has placed on her and in her to be a blessing to those around her. She really needs to write a book, but I mean, that's by the by. Maybe a blog would be fantastic just to start with. And then you can compile the blog into a book. Um, but that's that's just me fantasizing about her giftings in the world and wanting to share my friend more broadly. And if for some bizarre reason she decides to start a blog, it will be linked in the description. But anyways, so that's my beloved friend. And she's very logic smart and she's um, very discerning. And she asked me, how do I know when to be vulnerable with people? And we were texting back and forth and I said, you know, that is a great question. and I don't know the answer to it, but I will definitely include that in my podcast. (laughs) And I've already answered part I've already given part of the answer, which is in her and my story, we had a lot of time getting to know each other. We had that proximity that grew each other's trust and grew each other's closeness. And as we had that time together in proximity, we were able to discern, okay, we have the same values. We care about God in the same way. We care about obeying God in the same way and you know that's it's a very interesting thing that is happening nowadays where people can care about God but if they have different understandings of his word then you will want to obey God in different ways and I'm not saying that there's different ways to obey God I'm saying that there are right ways to obey God and there are confused ways to obey God and we I am seeing a lot of misguided compassion um, and my, my biggest encouragement on that is to just read the entire Bible and get a context for the big picture and the big story, because when you understand the story and the Holy Spirit will help you, when you understand the story, you start to understand the principles. And if you're trying to understand the principles separate from the story, it can be very frustrating and confusing. So always go back to the story of the Bible and God will teach you the principles. So we have a lot of people who are obeying God in what I would call confused ways. And my friend and I had spent enough time together digitally that we could recognize we were on the same page about um, how we wanted to obey God and just our role in the world and that built kind of our natural camaraderie um and she also loves my watercolor and cheers me on there so her encouragement of my vulnerability in that area has been really a a wonderful blessing and we're going to get to watercolor later So the first answer to her question is when you spend a lot of time with people and you know that that they share your values, then I would say it's safer to be vulnerable with them. And the important thing about when they share your values, what that means is that when they give you advice, you know that that will be advice that you will trust and respect. 
Um, I don't know if you've listened to my testimony podcast. But in it, I mentioned, near the beginning, I mentioned that one of my grandparents committed suicide in the 70s. That grandparent went and got counsel from a non-Christian about a really hard thing in his life. And that led to the spiral that ended up in his death. So who you get counsel from matters. We are going on 50 years. And my children will be the first generation that that is not touched by that wound. So who you are vulnerable with is very, very important. More personal vulnerability from Meg. Things I've literally never talked about on the internet before. Um, The second answer to her question is look for people who initiate to you. And it's so funny. This is actually, after she asked me that question, a few days later, she was on my mind and I just texted her, I'm praying for you. And I like to ask, I I like to text, I'm praying for you as a statement because it communicates that you're on my mind and I am praying for you, but it's also a statement and I'm not asking for any information. And so if you don't feel like you're in a place where you can, where you have the emotional energy to be vulnerable or you just don't feel safe enough to be vulnerable, you still know that I care about you. And so that's one of the ways that I try to encourage friends if I know they're in a rough place. And this friend of mine is a school teacher, and I know she is in the thick of it right now. And after I texted her that, she replied, can I share a really vulnerable prayer request with you? And she did. And now I know how to pray for her, specifically. And because I initiated that I was praying for her, she felt safe in being vulnerable about how she specifically needed prayer. So one, look for people that have the same values as you, that you've spent time with. Even if it's just superficially, but you've learned that that you can trust them. And then second... Look for people who are also trustworthy, who maybe initiate. So, initiating in vulnerability is kind of a mixed bag as well. And this is a perfect segue to the next segment of our podcast. Um, My default is to initiate with vulnerability. And I have found that if I initiate by being vulnerable, a lot of times that will make other people feel safe to be vulnerable. However, sometimes my being vulnerable actually triggers other people. 
maybe they're not in a place to maybe I'm sharing something that is hard for them and it's something that they've not worked through and they're not comfortable talking about it and they're not comfortable explaining why they may or may not have worked through that. And so I have to be aware of not going too fast, too deep and maybe just like hinting at something in a sentence and leaving it there. Um, That counts as vulnerability. And if somebody wants to remember that later, and bring that up. Hey, you remember when you said that? Well, I went through this thing in my life where... Or, hey, remember when you hinted at that? Are you comfortable sharing any more about that? I'm going through something and I was wondering if I could have your perspective. And those are really great ways for asking other people to be more vulnerable so you can learn from them. Because we need vulnerability. And I'm going to emphasize that at the end of our podcast, but we need vulnerability. However, sometimes if I am being vulnerable in a way that is self-centered, and if you are in a counseling session that's not self-centered, that counseling session is about you. But if I am hanging out with a group of friends and I am consistently monopolizing the conversation and that word consistently there is very important if this is a like let's just say that I just had someone pass away or I'm going through a really hard time and the whole friend group is rallying around me that's beautiful and important and wonderful but if I make every conversation about after that about me and my struggle and what I'm going through that starts to wear on people and it's it's not healthy and we have to remember that we are part of God's story and other people are part of our story yes but we're also part of other people's story and we have to be very considerate with our role in am I leaning on them right now and is that a good thing am I leaning on them too hard Or how am I loving this person? Am I considering their best interest? And if if I prioritize soaking up all the relational oxygen in the room consistently, that is selfishness. And I have had to learn to not do that. (laughs) And it's been a lot of taking my emotions in the privacy of my home, in most of the time sitting in my bed with my Bible and saying, God, I feel sad. And I don't know what to do. And God, I feel sad that my grandfather died. And I've never gotten to know him. And I'm sad for how that's hurt my entire family. And what would things look like if he had not made those decisions and if he'd pushed through? He he gave in to a lot of selfishness. And 
it's hurt more people than he could have imagined. When you are being vulnerable and you want it to stay private, I need to confess something that I, I, I initially, I was not good at keeping other people's secrets. I get so excited about how God works in other people's lives that I just want to tell everyone. And I had to learn to not do that. And so something that would have really helped me would have been somebody saying before they got vulnerable or in the middle of it was like, I don't share this with everyone but I want to tell you. And that would have pinned in my head, don't go repeating this. <laughs> Meg, you idiot. <laughs> um, and I say that, I say that in sincerity. I was an idiot. Um, and I am, <sighs> yeah. I am very, very sad about myself. For how I have not been trustworthy with other people's stories. So I would strongly encourage you to say, I don't share this with everyone or please don't repeat this. And I don't share this with everyone is a really good phrase because then it means that if someone else alludes to your story, that means that you can talk about it together. You're in the same circle of closeness. Um, but... It's, it's kind of, it's more protective. Um, so that would have really, really helped me. Um, so I have a challenge for you. If you are one of those people who hates to be vulnerable, maybe it makes you sick to your stomach, which is entirely possible it happens um and there are times where okay i'm gonna tell this story and this is important this is important so a few years ago god gave me a dream about pride and the thing that I say about dreams um, is that they are either going to submit to scripture or they're going to highlight a principle that's already there. And in this dream about pride, I saw a huge snake. The snake was like, oh gosh, maybe a foot to, maybe a foot and a half to two feet in diameter. and it, But it was like a ghost snake. Um, like a like a massive python and it floated and it was coming up the stairwell and I apologize if this is triggering but pride is a big deal so that's why it was intimidating as it was so it was coming up this this stairway and I couldn't even see the end of it 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 probably just like continued on for a long time but the interesting thing about this snake is that it had the head of a puppy dog. It seemed very approachable and very sweet. But I knew looking at it in this dream, it had the body of a python. 
And I knew that if I befriended it, it would twist itself around me and absolutely strangle me. Here's the reason God gave me that dream. Because that python represented putting up a good front. I want to look good so that you think well of me. And there's no good way to say this, but I strongly dislike people who do that. Now, there's a way to be professional. There's a way to be boundaried. But wanting everyone to think well of you is pride. Because if you're not willing to sacrifice your reputation to represent the values that God cares about in his word and righteousness, God is not impressed by cowards. And I don't say that to shame anyone. You know, if, if this is something that you're, if you're naturally a private person, God will show you when he needs you to stand up for him and stand up for righteousness. And, and I say need, need is a strong word when he wants you to. And let's remember, obedience makes other people's lives easier. It's not going to change who ends up in the kingdom of God. Thank the Lord. But obedience makes people's lives easier, even if it's the person that you're offending. Because they are now the recipient of truth. And they are now responsible for how they think about that truth and what they do with it. And so, God will show you when he wants you to be brave. And I'm... (laughs) He's not going to ask you to do more than you can. He's going to give you small opportunities to grow. So, don't get overwhelmed. Don't be intimidated. Just take one small brave step at a time. So... The reason that God gave me this dream was because I had someone in my life and God needed me to be extra vulnerable with that person. And because I had that dream, I didn't hide the messy things from them. And those messy things will strengthen them. And... um. This person and I are currently not talking to each other. I know that she cares about me. I care about her. But God had me in her life for a very specific season. And he, God used me to help her walk through her first breakup. Which which was, and she realized later that she really didn't know this guy. Um, She liked the, she thought she liked him. She liked the externals. She liked what she knew about him, but she didn't really know him. And I was with her through the season to where she met 
her now husband. And God used me pretty dramatically in her life to help her move forward in relationship with him when she was scared and was pulling back. And she would not be married to him if I had not woken up at three in the morning. And so that's a pretty pivotal moment in her life. But also around that same season, I offended her and that really hurt her uh, in a completely different area. Um, And I said something flippantly that I hadn't thought deeply about. Um, And in regards to um, some other values and she pulled back from the friendship and that was God's mercy to me because she was a very intense friend and I I knew that I couldn't maintain that intensity and so her pulling back was a gift because it allowed me to rest And so I know that my purpose in her life was to get her through that journey. And and that was really important. And um, I would love to know how she's doing, but I also can't commit to that same level of intensity. And so... um, She did message me the other day and asked how I was doing. And I said I was doing well and how are you? And consistently, I had been the one to initiate being vulnerable. And in this follow-up conversation, I, I I felt that it would be right for me to wait for her to be vulnerable first. And so when she replied to my how are you with, oh, I'm fine, how are you? I knew that she wasn't in a place to be vulnerable with me. And I wasn't in a place to be vulnerable with her. She was waiting for me to go first and be the strong one. And I knew that if the conversation was going to pick up again she would have to be vulnerable first because she was the one who pulled back. And so I'm very glad that God gave me that dream about the puppy dog python (laughs) Um, because I needed that emphasis on sharing my messy things with her because there is also only a window of season for me to be vulnerable about that. And that vulnerability, I, I know, I know that that vulnerability is still helping her navigate her marriage. Oh, 
So if this is the kind of thing that is frustrating or sad and vulnerability is just not your cup of tea, take a step back and think about the different elements of what you've already heard. What are... (laughs) In business, we have this term minimum viable product, and that basically means what's the smallest investment you can do to test the market and see if something will work. And so we're going to take that principle and we're going to apply it to um, um, vulnerability. So the main thing with vulnerability is that you have to earn people's trust. And other people have to earn your trust. And so, number one, prioritize spending time with people. Um, Pay attention to what they say. And, you know, maybe if you have a, a memory that doesn't remember things, but let's say you remember something, let's say you notice something in the conversation, but you know that you're going to forget it. I would actually encourage you to maybe start a notebook, like a prayer journal, and write down the date and the name of that person and when they wrote that down. Sometimes I will even take a little post-it note and write their name on the edge and put that post-it note in as a little bookmark, as a tab, so I can go and remember what that person shared on that day. Um... Another thing you can do is if you want to use the Trello app, I really love the Trello app. It's just it's just a, an app of lists and it's very organized. And you can make a list for your different friends and write down, this person really likes strawberries or this person really hates licorice. Um, no, no shame to people who love licorice. I just don't like licorice. Um, and so by listening to people and paying attention to them, and being intentional about remembering those things, you can earn their trust. And, and every once in a while, go over that list and just look at it and remember. And my brain works that way by default. But if your brain doesn't work that way by default, you might need to um, do something manually. And, and I do have a prayer journal and I have written things down with the date and how a person was doing. And it's really meaningful Sometimes I've taken pictures of the specific pages and sent them to the person that I took notes on. And it's like a little time capsule of where they've been and how far they've come. And that is a really, really precious gift that you can give someone as well. Um, so by listening, by learning people, that is an act of service. Um, And also by doing things for them. Um, I would also encourage, if you're listening to people and paying attention to them, you can then give them gifts that show them that you've been listening. And gifts like that are very meaningful. And that is a really wonderful way of earning other people's trust. However, at some point, you will need to be vulnerable. Friendship based in pride 
doesn't love others. It's a friendship that just prioritizes myself because, and this is, I'm not speaking from personal experience here, but a friend of mine shared, a friend of mine who is very opposite me shared that if she has a friend and their friendship is all based around playing tennis together and she's never vulnerable with that person or um, let's say in some cases you may even make your friendship about being better than that person. Like, heaven forbid. Friendship should not be competitive. Um, I mean, and if it is competitive, it should be a happy, healthy of, wow, that's inspiring and I want to do that myself. And can you teach me how you made that pie or knitted that hat or what have you? Um, and so we have to consider others' best interest when we are in friendship with them. And that is what love is. And that is what love does. Now, vulnerability at its very heart is necessary for friendship because we were made to know and be known both by God and by others and if we are not known by others how can they preach the gospel to us how can they encourage us when I am sad and discouraged I need people around me who know me, who (laughs) they know either, hey Meg, snap out of the pity party, Um, let's go for a walk, (laughs) or um, I can tell you're really sad, and I'm sad with you, and let's read this chapter together and I'm going to read the scripture over you and because I feel like it I think and feel that it connects with what you're struggling with and I I want it to encourage you and the thing I love about the word of God and God tells us that his word never returns void and there's something so beautiful about speaking the word over your friends um I I need to have the gospel preached to me regularly. Jesus died for my sins. I I can't live without that. I don't want to live without that. Um knowing that Jesus died for my sins gives me the courage to get back up and love people again. Knowing that I'm going to mess up, but knowing that the righteous man When he stumbles, he doesn't fall headlong. But God holds on to us. And I love Psalm 37 for that. And I also love Isaiah 41 for that. He upholds us with his righteous right hand. We need to be vulnerable with each other. And... Yeah, it's scary because it's hard to face the inner workings of who we are. And a lot of times we will have 
thought process and mindsets that we know are wrong, but they feel so real to us. And sometimes the best thing we can do is just say, I'm in a really weird headspace and I currently have this perception of the world that XYZ. And in voicing our false, our perceptions that we know might be wrong, it gives other people the opportunity to speak truth into our lives. And scripture says that wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. I have had friends who were never vulnerable with me. Or almost never. And then when they were vulnerable, they weren't letting go of their perception and they weren't open to receiving truth and in some cases I felt safe with that person in this specific case I felt very safe with that person because they I felt like they never judged me but what actually was happening was that they were never speaking truth into my life they only ever made me feel safe But because they never spoke truth, they actually didn't love me. They loved their comfort more than they loved helping me. And they loved their comfort more than they wanted truth. And those friends are the hardest and the most necessary to break away from. If this podcast has given you something to think about, something you need to work through and process, I would encourage you to click the link in the description. InverseDream.com slash podcast slash friendship. There will be a web form there that will connect you with a digital mentor. This is not a counselor. This is simply a Christian who wants to encourage you. And yes, they are trustworthy and you can be vulnerable with them. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus. And I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Live it.